Hello and welcome to another episode of the Voice of Wealth interviews. My name is Charlotte de Capoisson. I'm joined today by Ed Sheng, Global Chief Investment Officer from BNP Paribas Wealth Management. Hello and welcome, Ed. Hello, Charlotte. Now, Ed, you have a PhD in artificial intelligence, so you are very well placed to talk about today's topic, which is the technology sector, and we'll be discussing whether this is the end of the tech era. The focus today is a big tech question. The FANGs, including Facebook and Amazon, make up 26% of the S&P 500 in the US, which is a massive slice of the overall market pie. Their market performance in 2020 was very impressive and widened considerably versus the S&P 500 benchmark index. Now, they are clearly dominating the technology we use in every area of our lives. Moreover, tech companies were some of the obvious beneficiaries of lockdowns in 2020 in the wake of the coronavirus crisis. But Ed, can they continue to lead the stock market going forward? Well, I mean, that's a very good question, Charlotte. Clearly, as you said, these tech companies dominate right now, but I always think you should look at history. And when we do look at history and we look at previous periods where one sector or another has dominated the stock market in terms of weightings like tech today, in the past decades, you've had domination by healthcare, by oil and gas, and even by banks at different points in time. And the story of that domination is what happens next. And in what typically happens next over the long haul is a slow but steady decline after a peak in weightings. So in other words, to take one example, at peak, the oil and gas sector represented 16% by weighting of the S&P 500 index. And today, it's just 2%. If we go back further to the 1930s, then the railroads were actually the biggest component of the US stock market index back then. And railroads hardly exist today. So clearly over long periods of time, there are shifts in the status of these sectors. And technology is a hot sector today, just as it was back in 2000, i.e. 20 years ago. Now, can it continue? I find it somewhat unlikely to see the waiting continue to grow because actually it's not even just 26%. If you include Charlotte, all of the wider internet stocks and everything related to the internet technology, it's more like 36% in fact of the S&P 500. So it's over one third of the index that is indirectly or directly connected to some form of technology or technology related services. So it's really huge. And of course you could argue that technology is eating the world that's a quite a commonly used phrase that I've heard many times. But on the other hand, there are limits to everything. And one should remember that the nature of technology is to be disrupted. So take an example. One of the biggest companies in the tech space in the pre-internet era, when we're thinking about more in the boom in, let's say, personal computers, was IBM. Now, IBM today does not figure amongst the biggest companies by market cap at all. So actually, IBM has been rather stagnant in technology when all of these other companies, the internet giants, have grown and grown and, and grown as they did last year. So what are the risks of staying invested in these huge tech companies today, Ed? Well, I think one of the key risks is regulation. Now, on the one hand, you have the European Union, which is starting to file lawsuits against certain technology companies because of the, the quasi-monopolies that they hold or even the way that they misuse personal data. I'm thinking here of the internet companies in particular. In the US, you have the incoming Biden administration, which is of course a Democrat administration. And here there is the perception that the Democratic administration is likely to be tougher 
on regulation of these big tech companies than perhaps the former Republican administration under Donald Trump. So I think regulation in the US and in Europe is one potential threat which could curb the influence of these large tech companies and can make it more difficult for them to maintain these very high levels of profitability that they have thanks to their quasi-monopolies. It may also be difficult for them to maintain the levels of growth that we've seen in recent years, partly because regulation will take a bite out of that growth potentially, and secondly, because coronavirus did help, but may have been a one-off boost. And as we return to something close to a post-lockdown normalized world, maybe tech won't be quite so important going forwards. So what future is there for emerging technology companies? Well, I think there's a great future because, again, when we look at the populations of the world, which country has the biggest population in the world? Yes, it's, of course, China. Indeed, if you look at emerging markets generally, and in particular Asia, you'll see a very big growing population, which, of course, is very tech savvy today. If you look at China, for instance, the Internet sales penetration is something like over 20 percent of all retail sales in China. So it's a percentage of online sales that is far higher in China, in fact than is the case in Europe or even in the US. So you could argue in terms of internet retail that the Chinese are perhaps further ahead on the curve. Again, if you think about electronic payments by mobile phone, there are e-payments such as systems such as WePay or Alipay. Again, Chinese companies and the Chinese people are far ahead of where we are in Europe or where the US is. We are still using chip and pin cards, for instance, in Europe. Well, in China, they don't even need cards. They just use their smartphone, they scan a QR code, and they pay that way. So you could argue that's far more advanced. And companies like Alibaba and Tencent seem to have taken the lead, and you could argue that they are today more innovative in a number of areas than, for instance, their US counterparts. I've heard about the advent of the fifth industrial revolution relating to artificial intelligence. How can investors gain exposure to this theme? Well, often it is tricky, Charlotte, for investors to get good focused exposure to an emerging theme because what often you find is that these companies are either not quoted or are very small. So if you want to buy small companies, they're very illiquid and of course you may not have access at all if they're still non-quoted, still for instance held in the private equity space. So there are, these are the challenges I think particularly when you look at emerging technologies like artificial intelligence. What you find as well is that a lot of companies claim that they are related to AI because that's, of course, the cool thing to say. But in reality, it may not really be all that true. It may just be a bit of marketing speak, whereas, in fact, they may use something like the traditional machine learning, which is not necessarily linked to artificial intelligence. So you've got to be a little bit careful about the definitions you use. But in my view, because it's still an emerging technology, you really only have two choices. You can either invest in the behemoths of the tech sector like, for instance, Google, who are, of course, spending a lot of money on applications related to artificial intelligence. But the problem is Google is still going to be powered very much in terms of its profitability and sales by online advertising on Google itself and, of course, also on YouTube, which it owns. And so artificial intelligence might not be a big contributor to their profitability for many, many years to come. So you only really get indirect exposure by buying into companies like Google. So my preferred avenue for investment in, in artificial intelligence is to think about, well, what will benefit from an explosion of applications in AI? And I think the answer here is going to be semiconductors. Semiconductors in terms of the processing brains, semiconductors in terms of the memory required to hold all the computations, and then, of course, 
semiconductors and storage. So that's really three ways that semiconductor chips are very important in the implementation of AI. And for me, I think investment in semiconductors, both in the US, but even more in Asia, is probably the best diversified way to get exposure to this emerging growth theme. So to finish then, is it all over for big tech or not? Well, you know, it's always very difficult to say, because even if we were to say this was an investment bubble, similar to what we saw 20 years ago in 99 and 2000, it's also very difficult to call the top of a bubble in investment terms, because honestly, you never know how long it can go on. And there is always the ability of these trends to go on for longer than you think is humanly possible. And this is something that John Maynard Keynes, the famous economist, has observed in the past. So it could easily go on further. It could easily also be at an end. It's pretty much impossible to tell right now at the moment. But what I would suggest you are seeing is some rotation in technology, for instance, towards semiconductors, away from these mega cap fang stocks, and also towards more specific sectors such as cybersecurity and video games and esports. So these are subsectors of technology that are outperforming the fangs right now, and I think that can continue to be the case. Equally well, there are other sectors such as more cyclical sectors, including mining, construction, industrial goods, which will all benefit from a strong recovery in growth, which is what we expect at PNP for this coming year. They've lagged. In, uh, so, and you may find that these cyclical sectors also outperform technology this year. They have lagged in 2020, but maybe with the recovery in the global economy, they could really get a boost in earnings and that could send them performing better than these big tech companies, which have performed already so well in 2020. So in my view, the jury still out is my conclusion. But there are still some areas, both within technology that you can play outside of the fangs and also some other sectors, maybe the more cyclical sectors, which could benefit from this global recovery and growth, which could also outperform the fang stocks going forwards. Thank you very much, Ed Sheng, for your interesting analysis today.